You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here, along with our MLB.com Red Sox reporter, Ian Brown. And, Ian, the winter meetings are over. Everybody's kind of returned to their home cities. And when you look at winners from the 2016 winter meetings, you have to include the Red Sox in the discussion, probably also the Chicago White Sox. And part of that is because of the deal they came together for, maybe even the Yankees as a winner, too. But the Red Sox certainly added the most when you talk about Chris Sale and Mitch Moreland and Tyler Thornburg filling all the holes. So it's Chris Sale basically one week later as we um, record this podcast. You're back in the Boston area. How are how is Red Sox Nation kind of taking to that deal and, and what this rotation is right now? Yeah, there's a lot of excitement here in Boston. I think certainly when you look at the 30 teams at the winter meeting, um, nobody gave them a better chance um, in 2017 to, to, to be an even better team than the Red Sox with, with the moves they made. Uh, three really significant moves that are all in the span of a day. And, you know, Chris Sale foremost among them. And, uh, you know, he just gives everybody a different outlook on the Red Sox because, you know, a lot of fans thought they needed another pitcher and um, Dave Dombrowski never come out, came out and said it, but, uh, you know, uh, in hindsight, he definitely thought that by, by this move, he gives up a couple of top prospects to get Chris Dale. And suddenly you just have a guy who, uh, you know, no, no matter who pitches opening day, um, whether it's Price, Porcello or Sale, you get the, the sense that uh, you know, Sale's going to be the real ringleader of this pitching staff. And, uh, you know, he's, He's the guy with the best stuff. He's uh, back in the prime of his career. And uh, like I said, there's a lot of excitement here about, about the addition of Chris Dale. Opening day starter is certainly an interesting conversation. To me, I think uh, it has to go, I think it goes to Porcello simply because he's the guy that won the Cy Young Award last year and he's the guy that was on the roster. But we'll certainly see, and it'll be interesting as we get closer to that. Maybe spring training has a say in that. As far as Mitch Moreland goes, um, Certainly a, a, a good move. He wasn't great at the plate a year ago, but he won the gold glove. And that stands out to me as maybe the thing that, that really the Red Sox were looking for. Hey, Hanley Ramirez was, was great considering what he had to do to become a first baseman in 2016. But to add a guy that against right-handed pitching, so the majority of the time he'll be in there at first base, that, that won a gold glove what that does defensively to, to also help out this pitching staff is huge. Yeah, I think it's a great move you know, for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, it keeps Hanley off, off his legs a lot. You know, and, and Hanley did do a great job of, uh, of staying healthy last year and having a big year. But, uh, you know, this, this guy has had a history of uh, some leg problems in the past. And it'll be good just for Hanley to be able to focus uh, the most of his time on hitting because he's such a, a dangerous hitter, as we saw last season. And Moreland will give them a, a nice lift defensively. Um, offensively, he's intriguing if he can learn how to hit to the offensive field a little bit more. Uh, Fenway could be a real uh, value add for him. And, you know, you're not looking for Mitch Moreland to replace David Ortiz, really. You know, you're just looking for him to be, a, you know, another nice piece in that lineup. And uh, I think that was another uh, strong move by the Red Sox to get Mitch Moreland on a you know, very reasonable uh, cost acquisition there. When you look at this roster a week ago and, and today, Ian, a week ago when you look at third base, you had Travis Shaw coming off a, a pretty good year, a great first half at least, and then 
and then a good year overall. You had Yoan Moncada and, and the future third baseman, it seemed like, in this organization. And then you had the question mark of what could you get from Pablo Sandoval. So that question mark is now a need. They need to get yeah. something from Pablo Sandoval. That's maybe the one negative when you look at all these moves is suddenly there is a giant question mark at third base. I know the team has said all the right things, and I know the pictures certainly show that Sandoval's in shape. But you think behind closed doors, how concerned is this team about what Panda can bring them in 2017? Yeah, you know, I don't think they're overly concerned. Look, um, Travis Shaw had a great uh, April and early May last year, but you know, other than that, they really didn't have much offense at third base last year. And you know, you can mix Brock Holt in there still. So I think, uh, you know, I think that they're uh, cautiously optimistic that Sandoval can can give them a real lift this year. They don't need him to have his best years with the Giants. They just need him to have. Uh, one of his average years with the Giants, and he is in uh, terrific shape, and you hope for his sake he can sort of uh, keep that weight off this time. He's battled with that a lot in his career, and uh, I think this whole thing has been a humbling experience for him, and now he has a golden opportunity uh, to sort of get his job back. So I think a lot of us, uh, it's going to be one of the stories of spring training for the Red Sox is to see how Sandoval looks uh, you know, at the start of camp. We wouldn't want you to have nothing to talk about in spring training either, Ian. So key there. <laughs> and, and it is key, I think, that uh, Rafael Devers was not traded. And, and it seems like if you're going to deal Mankata, you got to keep the other guy who could eventually become a third baseman. And the way he progressed in 2016, I know it seems like he's still a couple of years away. But he if he has a year like he did in 2016 again in 2017, is this a guy we could be talking about as far as a September call-up? Could be, yeah. I mean, we'll have to see. I think the one thing maybe they learned with Mankana a little this year is, you know, you got to be careful not not to rush these guys. Uh, there was a lot of excitement about Mankana, and he came up and he sort of got exposed because he wasn't uh, done from a development standpoint. And maybe skipped a step there with him and thought uh, after how smoothly Benintendi came up that Mankata could do the same thing. So I think, uh, you know, we'll see if, there, if there's a need with, with Devers and, and how it, uh, everything progresses with him. But certainly they love this guy. They love his power. Uh, they think that he's going to be a real impact player for this team at some point. But uh, yeah, he's a blue-chip prospect now. So I think that you've got to hold on to him now because uh, you've traded a lot from your farm system over the last year and, uh, you know, hope for the best with, with Raphael. When you look at this team and the, the winter meetings as a whole, Ian, the Rule 5 draft is usually kind of an afterthought for a lot of teams. Uh, but an interesting choice by the Red Sox as they go ahead and they select Josh Rutledge in the Rule 5 draft, and that's not the kind of name you usually see go in the Rule 5 draft. A lot of times it's a it's a double-A AA or triple-A pitcher who, or a low-level pitcher that you got to bring up and keep on your roster, and maybe he throws hard so teams think there's a chance at that, or you're filling out depth maybe in the outfield. But here the Red Sox go, and they bring back a guy that they had. Um, why did this shake out the way it did, I guess, that the Red Sox had Josh Rutledge, they non-tender him, and then they select him in the Rule 5 draft? Yeah, it's just the way they looked at the roster earlier in the offseason. They didn't necessarily know if he was going to fit. They did make him a contract offer at one point, and the teams uh, you know, couldn't couldn't agree to, to terms there. And then he goes to Colorado. Uh, the Rockies leave him unprotected. I'm protected there in the Rule 5. And then, uh, you know, the Red Sox look at their team, and, you know, John Farrell and Dave Dombrowski talked the other day and said, you know, the, the way this roster is constituted, what's the one thing we need right now? And John Farrell thought it was really a right-handed uh, utility man. And they really liked Rutledge last year, and he was off to a – people forget he was off to a very good start for, 
to them last year until he, uh, you know, he he hurt his knee and was gone for the last, uh, I think it was three or four months of the season. So they think this can be uh, a nice a nice final piece to the roster next year. And certainly interesting, and it gave people something to talk about after the Rule Five draft. Um, you, you talk about what's left to do on this team, and I don't think there's there's a whole lot. Uh, maybe to add some more bullpen depth. Now, Koji Uihara, it looks like, has agreed to a deal with the Cubs. That's not official yet, but um, Red Sox fans just kind of have to be a little sad to know that officially Koji's not going to be back. He brought so much to this team and this bullpen over the last few years. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we learned that the Red Sox actually did make an offer to Koji um, last week before they made the Thornburg move. Um, so they, they, they tried to get him. I think on a little bit of a bargain there, and uh, just couldn't come up with it. But uh, you know, after they got Thornburg, Dave Dombrowski, and the Red Sox made a phone call to Koji, just out of respect for him and what he's done for this franchise. There's a lot of people who are uh, you know have 2013 World Series rings because of what Koji Uehara did for that team, and nobody's ever going to forget uh, what he did for that team. And uh, you know, it's just time to move on. And now they have Thornburg, a guy who is in his prime and a lot of excitement for that move. But certainly, uh, Cody's going to be missed. He had a lot of personality. Uh, he added a lot of personality to that team. Do you think they add another reliever as far as free agency, Ian, or do they look at, at what they have as far as rotational depth and, and guys coming up and, and your guys like uh, like Owens and, and Barnes and that kind of guy and think they have enough to fill in the bullpen? Yeah, no, I think they feel pretty good about their bullpen right now. And, uh, you know, as it is right now, they have more pitchers than spots. And you look at one of their starters, you know, depending on how many starters they trade, uh, one or two of their starters is going to have to go uh, to the bullpen, whether it's a Drew Pomerantz or whether it's a, a Clay Buckles. Um, so they feel good about the bullpen, Tim. So they don't really look at that as a place where they have to add. I think that's all going to shake itself out. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just say, I have to say there's one thing the Red Sox have to do this winter. Probably, they probably have to trade one starter, you know, whether it's Buckholes or whether it's uh, Pomerantz or whether it's, you know, maybe you fell high on Stephen Wright or uh, one of those things, just so you don't have such a log jam. And maybe you can help uh, replenish the farm system by, by offloading a pitcher. Haven't heard a lot on that front as of yet. Obviously, uh, there's still everything shaking out after the winter meetings. Um, but it seems like maybe taking their time could be beneficial as far as trading one of those starters. The longer you wait, maybe the better options you have. Yeah, right now the Red Sox don't feel like they need to do this right now. It's more to see uh, you know, how the market comes back around and what teams are going to be in need of pitching and then maybe find yourself in a little bit of a sweet spot there to be able to uh, unload one of those pitchers and get a good return. Great stuff, Ian. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Red Sox edition. For Ian Brown, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.